Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into another edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast. It's football season week 12 on the horizon. But first, we have to look back at week 11. And honestly, I want to look back at something that happened before week 11. Mark, you know, I tuned into your radio hit on what is that? KC 610? Yeah, yeah. The one in which you had a little bit of trouble naming the Minnesota Vikings quarterbacks. (laughs) You also said at that moment. Do you actually know? Do you remember what the caller who called in who also couldn't name any quarterback said to you? I don't recall. Refresh, refresh my memory for me. He picked Case Keenum. And so just everybody does know, doesn't know what I'm talking about. Mark was a guest on a radio show in his hometown of Kansas City and his favorite radio station, which he used to listen to every night, but had it bundled up on the pillow next to his bed every night, listening to the dulcet tones of Jason Whitlock. And then he started calling into the radio station and became Mark, the kid from Kansas City, which was the seeds that planted and grew into the tree that is now Mark, current hot take artist. Am I, is that basically it? Yeah, there, there's a lot of context you left out, but that that's the gist. You can go with that. That's fine. So then, so okay. then, so after all of that, in a full circle moment, he goes back to Kansas City, the scene of the crime. And then somebody calls him and says, you know what, Mark, you know what we need? You know what we can't go without? We need you on 610 Sports Radio. Come on down and host this segment with us and discuss the Kansas City Chiefs as a member of the Arrowhead Pride community. Congratulations on that, by the way. So secondly, what ends up happening there is there's a contest. You had to name the number of the as many quarterbacks as you could of Kansas City's next opponent. Like throughout what? I think it was a 20-year period, 25-year period. Yes, yeah, 20 years. Something along those lines. Anyway, a guy calls in. Let's call him Corey. Corey from Kansas City says, uh, uh, Case Keenum. I can't think of anybody else, but I want to use the remainder of my 30 seconds to tell you, Mark Gunnels, that there's no way that Kansas beat Kansas State on Saturday, November 18th. Oh, my gosh. The Wildcats won the 15th straight Sunflower Showdown, which I learned it was called the Sunflower Showdown today. You are wearing your Kansas shirt, and I have a feeling you're going to say something about Bill Self and Hunter Dickinson. It's still football season, pal. I don't know if you know that Kansas is playing with their third-string quarterback in that game. Uh, Ballard, the son of the Colts GM, I believe. Chris, He should be pretty good, son of a GM. He should know what he's doing. And at the time, I did not know that was going to be the case. And the Kansas still should have won that game. Like, let's not... Like I, I love how you did that without like painting, giving the full context of what happened in the situation of that game. And like I said, I did not know that we playing with our third string quarterback in that game. And they still should have won. They were still right there. So whatever. It's fine. Well, you did know that the Chiefs were playing with third string wide receivers. Or maybe you didn't because. Is this just it happened to you, Gunnels Day? This is a duck on me today. Is it this what's hey? I, it's not my state of Kansas needs to step its game up. I mean, what's going on here? Missouri needs to step its game up. I mean, this is not on me, this is on you. I'm not the one who feels the need to go on the timeline with these proclamations, such as the Chiefs have the deepest and best wide receiver room that they've ever had. But you did, and cold takes exposed or freezing cold takes, whatever it's called. We all know what it is at this point, but they got you, and they got you good. Yeah. I thought you were going to paint the picture like you've been doing. <laughs> what happened? What was the tweet? What was the tweet? I don't remember. I don't recall. I don't remember. Yes, you do remember. I don't know. I don't know, man. I've had a long You know night. what? This is ugly energy by you. This is ugly energy by you. Well, I just fly off so many tweets that I can't even think of what tweet it is. That's okay. I'll go pull it up. In I fact, mean, you're, you're the one narrating. I want you to keep narrating. You're doing a good Mark job. Mark A. Gunnels, scrolling up. Let's see here. Was it, was it, was it, was it, you should have been a chief. Retweeting 
DeAndre Hopkins? Nope, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. That wasn't the tweet. It's important to keep perspective. The Chiefs had two red zone turnovers from their two best players. No, that like wasn't that, it. That wasn't the tweet. Of my time, like, you're not going to see it. I know the tweet, okay? Uh, I'm going to have nightmares of the MPS drop forever. No, that wasn't the tweet. Nor was it, uh, I like to call it your autobiography, the Chiefs of Hollow thing that you said you were watching. Uh-huh. Um <laughs> <laughs> Every team in the history of football is beatable. No, it wasn't that tweet. Tonight sucks, but the Chiefs will still be the one seed and host the AFC Championship game for the sixth consecutive season. Wasn't that tweet? It was a tweet from like August in which you said that the Chiefs had the deepest and best wide receiver room that it has ever had. I felt that way at the time. I mean, I don't see what's wrong with me believing in the guys that they had. Um, you had Justin Ross, a guy that people were saying might not even make the team. And this was a guy that would have been a first round pick. If it wasn't for the back injuries. At but the wait, time. did he make the team? He did make the team. I'm saying during training camp, that was a talking mm-hmm. point amongst Chiefs fans. Will he even make the roster? So I, that to me is a sign that it must be a pretty deep room when you have a guy that has that much talent and potential in Justin Ross. If you remember him at Clemson, you know, you know. So I mean, you got Sky more in the second round last year. I thought maybe year two he would pop because normally rookies don't play well in Andy Reid's system. Rasheed Rice has been the only bright spot. I didn't expect him to even play that well. Like I just mentioned, rookies typically don't play well receiver-wise in Andy Reid's system their first year. So he's been a pleasant surprise. But, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I was told Kadarius Tony would be wide receiver one. He can barely scratch the field. They know- lied to you. I know he has injury concerns, but I mean, they're just, he, he doesn't even run routes. They don't even let him run routes. It's like all gadgety stuff. One yard, like it, hand the ball off. Like, I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. They, he was a former first round pick too from Florida. I mean, so, I mean, I don't, I can't say this room doesn't have talent. I mean, unless just, we're just bad at, at drafting. We're just really that bad. I mean, these guys were all first, second round pick guys. The funniest thing about all of this is I was big on the Chiefs. As soon as I saw Jalen Hurts dive into the end zone, I went to my app, live bet the Chiefs to win. I, there was no doubt in my mind that Mahomes was coming down with a game-winning drive. I just There was zero doubt about it. I was like, I've seen this movie before. Turns out, spoiler alert, didn't happen. But in any event, still cost me. So I was in on that. And But the funniest thing about all of this is right now I'm in the Tournament of Champions and trendy, right? It's me, it's Toby, and it's Dave and uh, Eddie Spaghetti, because we, I think, I believe it's me and uh, Dave and Eddie are the only three people to beat Toby in trendy, right? The, the 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 one that he hosts. So, I'm sorry. Hold on. The one that Toby hosts, right? Trendy. The only one that I got right yesterday, I had Chiefs minus three out of there. I had Jared McKinnon over two and a half receptions out of there. Parlayed with Tony over a reception or over half a reception. So that half that leg hit. But the only one that truly hit was when I faded you. I pulled it up and I said it on the time. I said it on the show and everything. I swear, on, on hand to God, I said, I'm fading Mark Gunnels. For my heart pick, and I'm going under Sky Moore one and a half receptions because you tweeted out Sky Moore plays football today. Uh, did, Brett, to, as my witness, did I not, Brett? I'm sorry to do this, G Mark. I got to hop on. He absolutely picked that because he wanted to troll you. 100%. I was there on the record. Before any of this happened, before any. In that same 610 radio appearance you were talking about, Sky Moore, it's his year. Or it might have been. It was not. In fact, you could call him Sky Less. <laughs> oh, man. This league is humbling. I'll tell you that, man. It's a very humbling league. I, I wasn't, I, I can't even lie to you. I was so confident at the end of the year that he was going to pop because he just felt like the perfect slot guy. 
you know, like a baby Julian Edelman, Wilson Welker type to Patrick Mahomes. He had the skills. I mean, I think he does still have the skill set, but they're they're lining up guys in wrong positions too. But it's kind of a, a weird thing, right? Because Rasheed Rice is getting most of the slot snaps, and he started to pop like instantly. So at that point, you don't want to just appease Sky Moore just to take away, just to make him happy when you got something good going on with Rice because he's better in the slot than he will be on the outside. But the thing is, Sky cannot be effective in the NFL level on the outside. He is a slot receiver primarily, and he's lined up on the outside majority of the time. And it's just a mess, man. Like, they don't know who to line up where. I think a lot of it has to do. He's so dejected. It's just a mess. It's just, I've never, I haven't heard Mark talk about this since the Chiefs is D4 jumped off sides. It is a mess. I mean, Matt Nagy, I I do think there is something to not having guys that be accountable. Um, I think we do miss Eric Bieniemy when it comes to that part a little bit. he even said today in his press conference, <laughs> he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he was basically saying, like, every weekend is a is an evaluation period. So we're throwing guys out there periodically throughout the game just to see who we can use where. Dude, you need to tighten up your rotation. You don't need to be going seven, eight wide receivers deep. They are not deep like I thought. OK, I was wrong. OK, you don't have to keep holding over my head, Martin. I'm here admitting that I was wrong. And Freezing cold takes, put it out there. So, yes, the world, I was wrong. I have new information, so now I have a new opinion. Treat Kadarius Tony and Rasheed Rice like your top two receivers. If Kadarius Tony gets hurt, it happens. It's football. I don't care. Stop babying that man. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. It's not that I don't care, but I'm just <laughs> saying, like, you can't keep babying him. It's football, bro. It can happen on any given play. Those two are your clearly your two best receivers talent-wise on this roster. Why is Justin Watson getting 11 targets? He got 11 targets last night, Martin. 11. And a touchdown. Oh, my God. He was wide open. Yeah, yeah, sure. He, hey, he caught it. That's an improvement. <laughs> yeah, he, he dropped like three other ones, too. <laughs> the last thing I want to say about this from a Chiefs perspective, because we had this debate back and forth, heated, a heated argument over why the Chiefs lost on Thursday night in the season opener against the Lions. This right here is a game in which your defense played incredible the entire game from start to finish. This right here to me is one that you blame on the drops. I will give you drops and bad offense and a Mahomes interception in the red in the red zone, which just was a terrible throw. Uh, Travis Kelsey fumbling in the red zone. That's pretty bad. But defensive, this is one. You saw him sack of Jalen Hurts six times in the first half or five times in the first half. This is what this is the difference between like a Chris Jones and not. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go back to week one, but I still think if we win that game if Kadarius Tony catches one of those passes. But this is definitely a more – this is a, a better example, I guess you could say, of the two for sure, 100%. I'm not arguing that. Well, Jalen Hurts had like 150 yards passing. A.J. Brown was out there getting cardio. Of course, another – this is second consecutive week, primetime game. I bet a guy to score anytime touchdown. I got tackled at the one-yard line. Trenton Irwin last week for the Bengals. Uh, Devontae Smith this week for the Philadelphia Eagles. That's, That's great. I mean, right there. In fact, if it's a good throw by Hurts, he's in the end zone. And I'm plus, like, you know, what, 300, and I feel much better about my, my night. But anyway, that's the way that all went down. Uh, <laughs> you want to move into the good vibes, bad vibes, and vibes in hell? I think Kansas City is squarely in bad vibes right now. Yeah, I already did my bad vibes, so – all right, well, go ahead with the good ones then. <laughs> oh, man, it's kind of hard to go from that to good. Uh, I, I'll take it over. I'll take yeah, over the hey, first hey, good hey, vibes. Yeah. Let me collect myself for a second. Look through this guy. You know, the good vibes right now, they're in the AFC West. Denver Broncos, winner uh, with the longest win streak in the NFL, I believe. 
And in that win streak, beat Buffalo, who they might be competing with for a wild card spot, beat Kansas City, who is in the division, and then just went ahead and beat but didn't cover against the Minnesota Vikings on, you know, another close game-winning thing. This is the type of win that builds formate, builds the foundation for teams. Like This is like what you see after a 70-point outing on the defense. You let some of those defensive players go. All of a sudden, some young guys get a shot. You get a little bit healthier. Kareem Jackson's in and out of the lineup, out again after lighting Josh Dobbs, sending him to the moon. No pun intended with his pastronaut nickname. <laughs> He's trying to blast that boy out of there. Um, but yeah, the, the Denver Broncos control their own fate. I'm not saying they will make the playoffs, but a lot of people who had the Chargers locked into that that last slot were counting on beating the Broncos twice in the division on the on down the back end. And I'm not, I definitely don't think that's happening in the same way. Yeah, that's that's not a bad choice there. Your former coach, Sean Payton, man. You know, he's not the nicest guy in the world, but he wins ball games, doesn't he, Martin? I know you missed look, that. Those guy. were the good old days. I'll take it back <laughs> in a heartbeat. He was he look, he was a jerk, but he was my jerk. Yeah, <laughs> he was your jerk. I love it. Uh, for my good vibes, I'm actually going to Cleveland. Let's go to Northeast Ohio. I mean, you know, we were talking about last week, they had the bad, ugly vibes, right? Because of the whole Deshaun Watson situation. And that still obviously isn't ideal considering the contract and stuff like that. But, hey, you, you're still winning ball games, even, even though it was ugly, right? And we said, you slammed that under. Remember, it was like 33 we said slam the under. That's too high still. <laughs> the total points was 23. Yeah. Uh, DTR came through in the clutch when they needed to. The defense is obviously amazing. And if there was any year ever that a non-quarterback could win MVP, especially a defensive player, it would have to be this year. And his name would be Miles Garrett. Now, I don't think it's going to happen, obviously. But, I mean, he, he is single-handedly wrecking games, man. Like, I haven't seen this level of domination, especially considering how bad their offense has been. He's keeping them in games and then winning games for them. I still have that close game in my head where he blocked the extra point or a field goal. And like <laughs> he that. blocked the field goal to win. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy is insane, man. So, yeah. And if you look at their schedule, it's very favorable coming up. I mean, I know people want to just give it to the Ravens in the North, because especially with Watson now and Burrow. But the Ravens have still some tough games left. And the Browns, look at their schedule. They play the team you just mentioned, Denver, at Denver. So that won't be easy, but that's definitely a winnable game. Then you you got the Rams. You got the Jags at home, the, the Bears at home. That's your next four games. Like, I, I don't know, man. I think this team, they're, they're going to be in every game. That's one thing we can assure ourselves. They're going to be in every game, I believe. Now, will they actually close it out? Will the offense be able to do enough? That's another question. But the fact that I can say confidently they'll be in every game, that's a lot more than I can say for a lot of teams right now in the NFL. Yeah, my bad vibes. I'm going to go ahead and take the Seattle Seahawks, who had an opportunity to step into a different class in the NFC this last weekend, and they decided to absolutely not to because deciding to kick a 55-yard field goal just as your base plan is is lunacy like the nfl record for the longest time was just eight yards behind that and freaking pete carroll said you know what no we got 55 yards in the pocket after a jacks harbor they want run with three i mean 30 seconds left on the clock and just decided to run it down to the point that gino spiked it with seven seconds left because he's like i don't want to just wait that much longer <laughs> like they were lined up for the longest time the idea that they could didn't try to run another play it may cost them the playoffs, like legitimately cost them the playoffs instead of they had a shot to win this division now, but it's still in front of them. They have still the opportunity to do so, but it's going to be way harder now. Yeah. I think they're saving grace though, is the fact that the NFC is so bad. I, I, I think they're still pretty much a lock for a wild card. Cause I mean, who else down there do you have faith in that's going to climb the standings? <laughs> I mean, I, the way I look at the NFC right now, I think we know six of the seven playoff teams. The other, the other, the last team is who's going to win the NFC South. That that's how I see it. Like the Cowboys are obviously a lock if they don't win the, the division. I think Seattle's a lock as well. I, I really do. But they already I, have four losses. How many more losses do you think they'll get? 
Because if they have over seven, right? They lose if they go like you know ten games. Let's say they go three and four down the stretch, or four and three down the stretch. They're going to be in like one of these South teams may you know not one of the South teams, but I I think you got to have at least seven left more than less than seven losses in the NFC to be able to to really feel good about a wild card spot. Yeah, but look at the teams that's outside right now. Like you got the the eighth seed is the Packers and they're four and six. And then the Rams are four and six. Like those teams are, I, I just don't see it. Like I think they'll get in by default, bro. Like the NFC is that bad outside the playoff teams right now. Like the Packers at four and six, really? The Rams? You think they're gonna get in? The Bucks? The Bucks have a, bro- a tough schedule coming up. They need they needed to win yesterday. Yeah, I feel what you. I think for the division, they needed to win. I, I still think they're a wild card team, though. But uh, from my ugly vibes, speaking of the NFC, a team that may have still had a chance to make the playoffs, which is probably canceled at this point. How about the Washington Commanders? I mean, losing at home to the New York Giants, and we talked about this Giants teams last week. I think you had them for your ugly vibes, I believe, or bad, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a team that hasn't even been competitive in their recent matchups. I mean, a team that doesn't look, doesn't even look like they want to win. I mean, their quarterback, the, his mom still makes his bed. Talking about Tommy DeVito. And he looked really good. I mean, he threw for over 240 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. And on the other side, Sam Howe had three interceptions, got sacked four times. Um, the fact that this... Giants team even scored 31 points is just ugly to me. Like, I know the turnovers were crazy. I think the commanders had six in total because they lost three fumbles as well. Like, how do you I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Uh Ron Rivera is clearly on the way out. I hope this doesn't mean my boy EB doesn't get the head coaching job. I don't know what's going on there with that situation. I think he should be the head coach in waiting. But I, I'm not sure what the direction is there for Washington, man. That was just an ugly loss. You win that game, you're five and six, you're right square in the hunt for a playoff uh, wild card spot, but now you're cooked. You remember, uh, obviously, you remember when the first time you ever heard about COVID, right? I feel like time went from like pre COVID to post COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the way that we, especially our lives, will be kind of dictated. Do you know how many times Tommy DeVito? through at least three touchdown passes with no interceptions since COVID? This is probably his first time, right? Once. One other time. Oh, okay. One other time. It's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> it's three seasons of football. What team was he on he did that? Syracuse. Oh, in college. Okay, okay. Yeah. I've, he yeah. was Syracuse playing Chattanooga. He threw for 332 with three touchdowns. No oh, picks. Wow. Wow. How about that? That's embarrassing. Now, which one of these three is worse for my ugly vibes? Okay. Allowing Jordan Love to have 300 passing yards in, in the game, his best game of his career, when, mind you, he has averaged 233 passing yards in 10 starts prior. Okay. It's becoming the starting quarterback. Or... Blowing the best game you've gotten out of the quarterback position in that pretty much all year, 69% completion percentage, one touchdown, 104 rushing yards on 18 carries with a two-score lead with four minutes left in the game. I'm going to have to go with the latter there, and that's the Chicago Bears, right? Congratulations, Chicago Bears. You are the ugly vibes winner of the week. Because the thing is this, like, everybody is like, oh, you know, they're supposed to lose. First of all, no. <laughs> Tanking is immoral, and it's just not, and it doesn't, often doesn't benefit anything. Like, what if, what, congratulations to the 76ers who spent six years losing for what? To make it to the second, to, to get to the same second round that they've been getting to, right? Or, you know, uh, Lovey Smith got he didn't get fired for, but knew he was on his way out the door. Still coached, won that game for the Houston Texans. You know what they walked into? The only rookie that's been in the MVP conversation in the last fifteen years, right? Like, and who's to say if they get number one, if, if they liked Bryce more, they'd take him. 
<laughs> exactly. Like it, sometimes this thing is not a solid. Matthew Stafford was number one overall pick in Detroit. You know what Detroit happened? Nothing happened. This team is so much better than any team that that has that Stafford played for. He won a championship in Los Angeles. And guess what? The former number one overall pick from Los Angeles playing in Detroit is has a better offense than Stafford ever did. So maybe just maybe just play out the season. The Bears already have a number one pick in hand. It's from the Carolina Panthers, right? Like they need to start establishing how to win and get better at this point. Like the whole, oh, we're going to just lose. No, this is when you figure out what you're going to be using that early pick on. You don't want two early picks. You want one early pick that you could either trade for some depth to try to build around your team that should be on the brink of being competitive or somebody you could draft that's like a piece, like Aiden Hutchinson or something like that, like a team, like you draft a guy number two, and then he starts making plays for you as your team is turning into success. But no, Martin, they want the number one and the number two pick. I I know a couple of Bears fans personally. They want the double up. (laughs) They want to double up. All all that means, all they'll be doing, if that's the case, is in four years complaining how they won't be able to pay both Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. And that's the reason why the running back who's had probably, you know, four uh, 1,200-yard seasons, can't you just, you just can't pay him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And since we didn't touch on it, you gave me some options. I do want to talk on the Chargers real quick. Um, I cannot believe how many people picked the Chargers in that game. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not even, that's why I'm not even trying to single you out. I know this has been beat up on Mark Day, but I'm not even trying to single you out. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, my my radio host. Right now, I thought this was just more pile on. <laughs> my co-host at the radio station picked them. Like everybody I know was on the Chargers to the point. Oh, but can you, be, like, can, you be, can you be can you be fair though, real quick before yes. you tangent. You have been very anti-Packers all year. So, can can you admit that it was the pick the lesser of the two evils? Like, for you to act like it was just egregious, the pick against the Packers, I think it's a little disingenuous coming from you. No, I've, I've, been, I've been trying to fire Brandon Staley since they beat the Vikings. I know, but you don't like either one. You're, you're anti-Packers this year, too. You don't, you're but not. I got to – you have to pick one of them. You I know, know that's, that's my point. That's, that's my the point. business we're in. I had that's to pick point. one of them. I thought it was – I, I thought the idea that it was just a slam dunk – for the Chargers was madness. Oh, you're saying it's it should like, be more like 50-50. That's okay. That's what I'm, I, okay. I, I didn't love that. I'm not saying that the Packers are going to go on a run or something crazy like that. No, but to me, the, the idea that you get three points for the home team on a West Coast team traveling to the Midwest, all of those factors are anti-Charger, and that's before you get to the head coach. Yeah. Um if you notice, I didn't text you this Sunday, uh, but I did think about you during that game because we are out here. In, we are out here in LA, so it was uh, broadcast locally for us. So it was one of the games that I was watching. You know my setup here. I was watching TV right behind me. That's blurred, and uh, I was thinking about you during the game. I was like, I hope Mark does not text me. <laughs> don't text me because <laughs> if you guys don't know, Martin is known for texting me when Chet has a bad game. Shout out to Chet, by the way. He's been looking good. Or when Wimby has a bad game, he only scored nine points last night, so let's not talk about that. So, uh, our Zion. Those, the next those, LeBron with nine. There you go. Those are like the three guys that he like targets against me. is Zion, Chet, and Wimby. So, I was thinking he was going to because we had an argument about this game last week. It got a little heated a little bit on this Chargers-Packers game. So I was like, oh, God, here comes Martin. So you you were right. <laughs> I just thought, okay, here's here's my thinking, hands of the game. The, the Chargers, I think we both can agree, on paper is the more talented team. We keep saying this, and I'm not here for it anymore. Okay. I, I, I'm not here for it anymore. Like. I think I think really what it boils down to is we know more of the people's names on the Chargers. <laughs> like we just are more familiar with their names. Okay, ultimately, like, ultimately, I think both these teams are not good. So I think I generally agree. you would go with the team that has the better quarterback. And well, I understand, yeah. I understand the coaching situation. I get it, but it's not like Matt LaFleur is this proven coach outside of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, so. I I just thought, you know, with Justin Herbert, they were in a desperate spot. 
This is a team that had real expectations before the year. I thought they would find a way to win this game. And let's be fair. I mean, there were some egregious drops in that game as well. I mean, Keenan Allen dropped the touchdown. And then obviously the Quentin Johnson play that would have had him in field goal range to at least go to overtime. But see, this is what I hate about this aspect of it. Part of the reason why I picked the Packers and part of the reason why I've been picking against the Chargers is because they have guys who dropped the ball. Quentin Johnston can't get open. And when he does get open, he's trying to catch it with his elbows. There's a reason. In the end zone? Keenan Allen is the only one out there that's a consistent pass catcher, legitimately. After Mike Williams got hurt, which he seems to get hurt every single year at some point, whether he comes back, you know, that's really what it depends on. Is Mike Williams' injury going to be a season ender or a six-weeker? Right? That's really what it boils down to. But Keenan Allen's all they got. He's all they got. Yeah. Like, who else on the Chargers' offense, or defense for that matter, is starting over like anybody on a league average offense. Like who, like, you know, if you were drafting a roster of players mm-hmm. from, from guys across the league, mm-hmm. when are you taking your next charger? Because Justin Herbert would be the first or maybe Keenan Allen. Yeah. So Herbert would be first and then Keenan Allen. And then you're probably looking at, if you're talking about just skill players, like Austin Eckler, probably be your yeah, third. You could put linemen in there. Sean Slater and then I what? Like Slater. I like he's one of the best left tackles in the league. Um, but yeah, after that, it's pretty slim pickings. After that, they got some of the worst linebackers in the league. Kind of that's all. That's all that Matt Lafleur and them were doing. Like with those end arounds and crossing routes, was like Kenneth Murray. Where are you looking? We're running the other way. Yeah. Jordan Love, I mean, that was probably the easiest game for him to read. He didn't have to really go through his progressions at all in that game. His hot read was pretty much open after the first couple of seconds. Um, yeah, but don't worry. Brendan Staley's got perfect confidence in how he's calling it and what he's doing. And so, you know, it's all the players. Everyone, Everything is on the players. All the players' fault. And now they got to play host to the Ravens this week. We'll get into that game, though, soon. What else you want to touch on, touch on from week 11? Oh... Can we talk about how I think every time the Cowboys play a bad team, especially a bad offense, you should always bet on their defense scoring a touchdown? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it seems like it happens every time they play a bad team, their defense scores a touchdown. <laughs> you want to talk about depth. How about Deron Bland from the bench to the record books? Four interceptions returned for touchdowns. And how about Bryce Young? It might be time to have an uncomfortable conversation because he seems to throw it to the other team. A lot. And the other team seems to be returning it a lot, which means that average depth of target is low. Yeah, but he doesn't have anything around him, man. That offensive line is terrible. And who we're talking about guys not having uh, skill position players with the Chargers. Who does he – his best receiver is Adam Thielen. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any blame, but I, I think I think it's a little unfair to just throw it all on Bryce. That situation is terrible in Carolina. You say that, but nobody was clamoring for Nico Collins and Tank Dell to be wide receiver one and two for them. That's all I'm saying. CJ's all right. There's now there'll be a couple guys now that get to spend some more time with their families over the holidays. As uh Matt Canada fired, Ken Dorsey fired, Zach Wilson benched, and has a good shot of being outright released. You know, the holidays are a tough time to do stuff like that. But do you think that, like, Brendan Staley and Ron Rivera and Matt Eberflus are just sitting up like, how did I not get fired yet? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I think with Brandon Staley, his, his, I think with both of them, actually, their clock is ticking. Now, maybe with Chicago, do you get a little bit more grace? Do you get another year? After these two draft high draft picks to see what can happen there. Justin Fields did get hurt this year. So you have the injury excuse potentially in that situation. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if they ran it back one more year with him. Uh, but with Brandon Staley, I, I think that he's definitely on his last leg. I mean, a lot of people were clamoring. He should have got fired after that playoff debacle when you blow a 27 point lead. I don't know how many coaches survived that situation. So 
I mean, if he's not gone after this year, uh, I don't think they'll fire him during the middle of the season unless it just completely unravels. I mean, they're four and six right now. I mean, hey, they played the Ravens this week. That could be four and seven. You know, we start could getting- be four or seven. I mean, that that does have a potential trap game on, on the menu, I, I, I think. I, I don't think it's just a foregone conclusion. Bro, let me tell you something. That Ravens read option no, is I, about to have those linebackers I get it. in absolute hell. I get it. We'll, we'll get into that game a little bit later. Hold your horses there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see, right? I, I'm not totally sold he's going to get fired during the season, but I do think this is his last year, much to my chagrin as a Chiefs fan, because I want him to stay there as long as possible. So that's why I wanted the Chargers to at least be good enough to make the playoffs to where it felt like a fake confidence. Like, yeah, we made the playoffs two years in a row. You know, this guy's got us on the right track. Yeah, right. Old guys out of there, but they're not making the playoffs, it looks like, unfortunately, to my chagrin. They're not. All right, Mark, let's take a break and then uh, look, pick some of these games for the long week, week 12 ahead of us, Thanksgiving week. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get to stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is held as a loss. Bet maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call one 800 Three two seven five zero five zero or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Martin, week 12 is upon us. Can you believe it's week 12 already? This is crazy, man. Thanksgiving's right here. Hope you guys have a good time with your family, get some good eats this week. And on Thursday night, we have a special treat, man. Uh, We got the NFC West battle. The 49ers are traveling to Seattle right now. The Niners are six and a half point favorites going to the 12th man. The over-under is at 43 even. Where do you land on this one, Martin? I'm trying to decide, man. Like, I was high on the Seahawks, but we're in, like you said just now, we're in week 12. I got to stop ignoring what I was thinking preseason and start actually paying attention to what happens on the field. And, 
you know, I, Seattle really disappointed me last week, man. They really did, especially like in a game that they should have won. I don't want to take the six and a half. I will begrudgingly swallow it. But if this is the last, this is my last stand with Seattle. This is my last stand. And if, if Geno Smith doesn't play, full disclosure, it's Tuesday right now. As we record this, 530 Eastern, 220 Pacific, or 5, 530 Eastern, 5, uh, 230 Pacific. If Geno doesn't play, then I'm out. I'm out. I'm not betting on Drew Locke. I've been out on Drew Locke since, since he came out of Missouri. I never thought he was any good. And he came out and just showed it in the second half of that Seattle game, which was eminently winnable. But ultimately, you got to win. That's why you have a deep team. That's why you have backup quarterbacks. They got to come in and sustain a few, two or three drives and get you down there and get you some points. And they didn't do that. So I'm taking, as long as Geno plays, I'm taking the six and a half. Don't love it. Yeah, I'm actually on the other side here. As much as it pains me as another guy that picks Seattle to win this division before the year. I think it's just a bad matchup for Seattle. Uh, you can run the ball on this, de- on this defense. I think the Niners control the clock. And I, ju- I just don't believe in Seattle's offense to sustain drives, even with Geno Smith out there, you know, especially against the Niners defense. That's starting to click right now. Uh, I, I think I see, I see a situation where the Niners get up early and Seattle has to kind of abandon their, their plan because they obviously want to play ball control and, you know, kind of having one of those type of games. And I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. The Niners are rolling right now, man. Uh, Brock Purge just came off a perfect passer rating game. I think some of that carries over here, and the Niners win by at least 10 points. All right, the next game, so going back, going to Sunday now. It's a cool little slate here, man. It got pretty good games. I'm going to start here with Philadelphia. We got the Buffalo Bills traveling to Philly right now. The Eagles are three-point favorites. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. I'll start off on this one. This line looks a little tricky here because you're kind of thinking, why are the Eagles just three-point favorites at home against the Bills? Yeah, the Bills just blew out the Zach Wilson Jets, but that, that's a team that I think starting to give up. And obviously they made the, the quarterback change now. I think they lost the locker room, still rolling out Zach Wilson out there. Like I said before, if you're a great defense, it's hard to keep playing at that level when you know your offense can't even score 10 points. I mean, you pretty much have to play perfect shutout football, and that's just almost impossible. So I I think that played a factor into why their defense kind of unraveled a little bit in that game. Obviously, bad positions they were put in. But Philadelphia coming off a win in Kansas City, going back home. I'm going to take the Eagles minus the three, but this line does feel a little fishy to me because uh, you would think they'll be a bigger a bigger favorite in this one. I'm taking the Bills. Wow, I'm shocked. I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. Uh, the Eagles defense, man, if they can't get home, then they can be got. If Mahomes connects on like uh, that, what, that deep pass to Justin Watson, if Valdez Cantley catches the ball, you know, if Travis Kelsey has a fumble, we're having a whole different conversation about. But the thing about all of those is, A, the Kelsey one was a completion. And then he missed Kelsey like crazy in the third quarter, too. But Holmes did not play great yesterday, to my by my eyes, by any stretch. Because some of those passes were way offline. And then other ones, some of them, you got to thread it in there a little bit with a little bit more touch, especially in the rain, especially when you're not throwing a, you know, the top of the class in terms of our receivers. But uh, the Eagles, they they did not impress me last night. They didn't impress me at all. And they seem to have a odd, I don't want to say inability to run the ball, but it's not with the same efficiency that they were running the ball last year. And that, as a result, is making Jalen Hurts more of a passer, and that's not great for the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I guess while we're here, do you think the Bills actually win this game? Uh, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. I don't. I, I don't like to bet on the Bills in general because Josh Allen's a wild man. But, yeah. but this secondary can get got. I think we saw that last night. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, I expect Diggs to have a big day. Yeah, should be an intriguing matchup, man. Hopefully, uh, Darius Slay's ankles are okay after what she Rice did to him last night. Um, let's go to Atlanta. Let's talk he, about your he's icing him with the dub. That's what he's doing. Go uh, ahead. Yeah. Well, he didn't do it in February. Uh, but let's go to Atlanta here, where you're New Orleans Saints. You know, we can't go episode talking about the Saints. 
that one of the most underrated, undervalued, I think, rivalries in the NFL. These two fan bases absolutely hate each other. I've seen the NFC South fans, and they, they can get pretty nasty. So uh, we got the Saints going to Atlanta. Right now, it's a pick'em, Martin. It's a straight pick'em. I think this is like fitting that this game is a pick'em. Uh, probably the the top, obviously the top two teams in the uh, in the division. Who you got, man? <laughs> you got to pick somebody. The remote. the remote to change the <laughs> channel. That's what I got. This is literally like the Chargers Packers. Like you got to pick somebody. This is that like I don't think I would be a good GM. But I, I I definitely don't think I would be a bad one. The I this right here, the Saints should look at this and say, the, look at the fact that this is the pick'em and be embarrassed. The Falcons, who can't decide whether they want Desmond Ritter, who looks like he throws left-handed, or or uh, Taysom, I mean, not Taysom Hill, with Taylor Heineke, who can't, who is just you, you want to talk about a roller coaster? He's just straight down at this point. He had his biggest moment was diving into missing the end zone. Uh, in that wild card game when he was playing for the Washington football team, they're almost upset the Tom Brady champion Buccaneers. That was his biggest moment. And since then, it's been downhill from there. But that's who the Falcons are trotting out at quarterback. Some combination of that two-headed monster. Meanwhile, the Saints had the first crack at free agency and decided to go home with Derek Carr. And it's a pick em in the division. Why do you go get a quarterback from somewhere else? Why? Because you think you got a team that could, why did the Jets go get a quarterback, even though it didn't work? Why did they do it? Because they had a roster they felt that could win. There was a quarterback away. They could go win the division. And if you win the division, you're in the dance, guaranteed, maybe with the home game. And if you're in the dance, then you can win the dance. But you know what? The Saints decided to do was that, but like, like the great value version as opposed to going to Whole Foods. Did you actually make a pick? I don't think I caught it. <laughs> I'm picking the Falcons. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I got the Falcons, too. Uh, both teams have come off a bye. The Falcons are at home. I I mean, I don't really have actually anything positive to say about my pick here, besides the fact that they're at home. I did pick the Falcons before the year to win the division. And they're four and six, so they pretty much have to win this game because the Saints are five and five. You don't want to get down two games and then the Saints will have the tiebreaker, obviously. So I think they're in a more desperate spot to win this game. But I don't have any real expert analysis of why I think they're going to win this game. I'm just being quite frank with you. This is Jameis plays New Orleans wins. Derek Clark, he hasn't been cleared yet, has he? No, he's going to play. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. But that's all I'm saying. If 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 Jameis were to play, the Saints would win, but he's not going to, so they'll lose. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to the game of the week, at least as far as um, implications go. I think this is the most important game of the week. The Chiefs Jacksonville- Raiders? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars are traveling to Houston, the battle in the AFC South. Right now, the Jags are one-and-a-half-point favorites in Houston. The over-unders at 48 and a half. I'll start on this one. I love the Jags in this spot. I love it. Uh, I think a lot of the public is obviously on Houston right now. C.J. Stroud has been the the best feel-good story of the NFL over the past three weeks or so. And Houston did go into Jacksonville and dominate this team about a month ago, right? But that's even more reason why I like the Jaguars here. Uh, I, I think they definitely remember that game. I think they're playing really good football. I think that uh, Niners game kind of clues kind of clues people's minds a little bit on how good the Jacks team really is. The Niners were a team that was off a three game losing streak, off a bye. They were super desperate in that spot, and they played their best game. And the Jags didn't play their best game at all. But the Jags just quietly came back. You know, the Titans are not good, obviously. I understand that. But they took care of business and dominated them. Their defense is quietly playing really good football, minus that Niners game. Trevor Lawrence, four total touchdowns this past week, two on the ground. I I really think they come in here and they make things tough for that Houston offense. And I I think the Houston defense can definitely be had. Uh, We see them be a little leaky at times. 
Kyler Murray had a great chance to pull off the win there at the end. Just didn't come. They came a little bit short there. But yeah, CJ. Why are you making jokes? No, how am I making jokes? What do you mean? I said Kyler Murray came up a little short. Oh, I didn't. Rude. Ah, uncalled for. Look, 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 your team loses, and all of a sudden now you're just throwing shots at other oh, quarterbacks. Look, Kyler Murray, short jokes. What's next? <laughs> but no, I I love the Jags in this spot, man. With a minus one and a half, even even though it's on the road. Mm. You know, I actually thought about starting the show talking about a tweet dropped today and doing a whole like bit about drops. But I was like, I don't want to be ugly and rub it in. If I had known you were going to be taking shots at everybody else across the league, I would have been way worse than I was earlier. Goodness gracious, Kyler Murray short. What are you doing on this game? Talking about, what, do you, what do you mean? What am I talking about? You know exactly oh. what I'm talking about. Oh, Kyler Murray short. Where do you land on this game, man? Uh, I'm taking the Texans. Give me the C.J. Stroud. Okay. I, I, part of it, too, is I never believed in the Jaguars. Like, all last year, all the summer, there were two teams that people just penciled in to win divisions, and I was like, how sure are we about this? And it was the New Orleans Saints and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I didn't know that C.J. Stroud and the Texans would be this electric going on, but if we have the C.J. Stroud that we've seen all year who hasn't been turning the ball over, that's how the Jaguars defense really does a lot of business. They they are one of the, the best teams in the league in takeaways. As long as CJ can not turn the ball over, which he has not had a problem with prior to last week, uh, I think they should be they should be able to move the ball at Jaguars defense. Especially as they have a healthy offensive line again for the first time, or for like the second or third week in a row. So, but that was obviously the first time this season that line had gotten healthy two or three weeks ago. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take uh, the Texans here and, and you know, wide receiver ones, Nico Collins and Tank Dell, who Dalton Schultz, who everybody was clamoring how great of a weapon he was just a few years ago as he was a Dallas tight end all those years. But that's what everybody's saying. Oh, CJ's got weapons. So I guess so. Maybe he's just making do, but I, I'm going with the Texans. Do you think the winner of this game wins the then wins the division? It, it's going to be hard not to, seeing as a. Well, I'll say this: if the Texans win it, yes. If the Jaguars win it, not sure. I'm assuming you're saying it because the Texans, if they win it, they obviously would have a two have two in hand, and right. I don't expect either one of these teams to just fall off the face of the earth. Right, you know, right. so I figured, yeah, that that two in hand will come in down the line. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That should be a good game. I'm excited for that one. I think that'll be the game of the week, honestly. And then our last game, we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, so I'm pretty sure I see where you land on this one. The Baltimore Ravens are traveling out here to L.A. Sunday night football to take on the Chargers. Right now, the Ravens are three and a half point favorites. The over-unders at 47 even. Where do you land? And tell me why it's the Ravens minus three and a half. This is the this is the game that finally all falls off the rails. This is the game. The Ravens think think about the Ravens that we've seen over the last. The Ravens who have multiple thirty point blowouts this year, multiple games in which it was over with five minutes left in the first quarter. This is going to be the game in which it all falls apart for Brandon Staley and the Chargers. They're going to lose this game by 14, and it's not going to be close. You know, it's going to it's like the final score will be the, somehow because the Chargers will be able to score, right? They should be able to score. Justin Herbert, really? like, I think they, I'm, I say score. I'm, I mean, like, I'm talking about score. Seattle scored six, Detroit scored three, or I might have that backwards. Seattle scored three, Detroit scored six. Uh, yeah. But so I think the Chargers get to 21. I just think they might give up 40. And then. You go, then you'll see Brandon Staley's press conference on the back end where he has utmost confidence in himself. Like that, like after last week, if they don't come out and win, it's over. Like there's because especially when a coach starts talking about how he's not talking to the fans. Okay, cool. All right, bet. You already don't have any fans, and you are alienating the ones you got. So I know the Ravens, you know, they normally talk about they lose close games, blah, blah, blah. I don't think this one will be close. Yeah, I actually I, I'm I'm with you on this one. And I think it's just a bad matchup. Like you were mentioning about the Chargers linebackers. 
and the way that the Ravens are able to scheme stuff up, especially with the run game, mixed in with the pass. I, I think they're going to keep them off balance the entire game. I could see Lamar just having one of those like classic vintage Lamar games. He throws like 300 yards, runs for almost 100 yards. Like after this game, people are going to be saying he's the clear MVP. Like I think it's going to be one of them games. Like he's going to run wild around SoFi. I don't know if you're going to be inside for this one to check out Action Jackson or not. But I, I may grab a ticket just to see it because I think it's going to put on a freaking show. I think we might see it two Chargers linebackers run into each other trying to make a tackle. Like, was that the, the Bengals game a couple of years ago when he did that? When he, like, ran and they ran into each other for, like, that, that spin move touchdown thing he did? Was that the Bengals I game? I believe it was the Bengals. I know what you're talking about. It was, like, early <laughs> yeah. in the season last year. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay, he's here. Yeah. It was either that or my – I remember he went nuts against Miami week oh, one. Yeah. He had another crazy move. Like, we might see, like, Derwin yeah. James tackle Kenneth Murray Yeah, uh, Sunday night. <laughs> Yeah, I'm actually surprised that it's only three and a half, even though I know it's on the road. I thought it'd be like five and a half or something. Well, all right. So let's take another quick break and then come back with our lemon pepper parlay Thanksgiving edition. All right, Mark, what's your lemon pepper parlay? We have terrible records on these. <laughs> yeah. Um so, and I'm, well, let me, this is before we were on air. I actually, I sent the wrong thing. I sent Seahawks plus six and a half. It's supposed to be Niners minus six and a half. So I'll send a new one. All right. Yeah. So for my lemon pepper parlay this week, I talked about this game earlier, the Niners minus six and a half. I like that against Seattle. Like I mentioned before, I just think Seattle, that loss against the Rams really, really discouraged me in my belief in them moving forward. Still think they're a playoff team, but as far as the division goes, I think the Niners put a ball on that on Thanksgiving night and they win by at least a touchdown. And I'm pairing that with the aforementioned Baltimore Ravens on the money line. I think that's pretty much the safe bet there. You're talking about this Chargers team is reeling right now. It's a bad matchup. I get both those plays at plus 191. So feel pretty comfortable there. My preliminary pepper parlay comes in about 225. I'm taking the Denver Broncos on the money line against the Cleveland Browns. I think that Sean Payton is finding ways to win. And even though it's been pretty wild and some of these late game decisions have been nuts, like that fourth down going for it, that was nuts. But I like the way that Denver's been moving the ball on teams. It's going to be hard to run on Cleveland. But also, I like the way that Denver's has been playing defensively. And if they can stop the run, which they have not been able to do, but if they can kind of corral the run a little bit, I like them to be able to win this game, but not cover like they did last week. So I'm taking them on the money line, and I'm also taking the Pittsburgh Steelers, the, that defense against a rookie quarterback, uh, and Kenny Pickett being fired. I mean, Kenny Pickett's offensive coordinator being fired. I read something somewhere that says that just means they're going to throw more go balls to George Pickens and hand it to Najee, uh, to uh, Jalen Warren more. And I think both of those sound like good ideas. So I'm taking the Steelers to win and the Broncos to win. That comes together at plus 225 on a nice little Sunday after Thanksgiving. Unbuckle your belt, heat the turkey up and the mashed potatoes and the gravy in the microwave. Sit back and enjoy it. Sounds good, man. Sounds like you're going to eat pretty good this weekend. I'll be at work. <laughs> I'm sure they'll feed, sure they'll feed you at work. I don't know, depending on. <laughs> I'm sure they won't, depending on whatever I'm at. But uh, the good thing is I won't need it because I'll have the cash from this. I'll just go stop by, uh, you know, a nice little Boston market on the way home and get a get a wholesome a wholesome fast food meal if I can find a Boston market somewhere. I haven't That's seen good. a Boston market in like 15 years. That's a good question. I have to Google that and see what the nearest one is. It's a little rotisserie chicken, a little mashed potatoes. Little greens, <laughs> little macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you sound like that. Uh, what's that one song that went viral? The, uh, greens, greens, tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's time to recirculate that one. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be on everybody's timelines come tomorrow and the day and the next day. So yeah. Enjoy your Thanksgiving football. Just remember, Thanksgiving's a dinner party with people that you don't hang out with all the time. That's pretty much the biggest holiday. Christmas is a real holiday. You give gifts. At least this one has football, though. Good luck this weekend, buddy. You too, pal.